CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Dishing with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi, everyone. So, Mara, tonight's the big night. The 48th annual Daytime Emmys are happening, and we will find out the lucky few who are taking home trophies. So there's been a lot of buildup this week to the main event. Uh, Last weekend, there was a mock ceremony of sorts where the presenters got glammed up and went on stage and announced categories and named all five winners so that it can be edited accordingly for the broadcast. Well, it was really great to see everyone out and about and dressed up again. And I really think it helped to build some excitement for the show. Uh, We're gonna see presenters like Bold and Beautiful's Heather Tom, who plays Katie and won for lead actress last year. Um, She also hosted a leading ladies dinner as opposed to the traditional lunch because, you know, everyone's schedules are so hectic and it was so hard to coordinate something during the day. I love how Heather told us how excited she was to meet Jeannie Francis after all these years because, of course, who doesn't want to meet General Hospital's Laura? But it seemed like everyone had a great time and it was just nice to see the tradition continue. Yeah, I was uh, actually texting the next day with another one of the women in attendance, Fanola Hughes, who plays Anna on GH. And I don't think she would mind me quoting her on this. I asked her if she had a good time and she said, I had the best time. She said, um, these women were completely top flight, as Michael Eason always says when he likes something. And she said, Heather killed it. So I think it is fair to say that if Heather Tom's day jobs as gazillion time daytime Emmy winning actress and prolific primetime director do not pan out, she could have a successful career as an event planner. (laughs) Uh, I think seeing the red carpet pictures made me personally feel the the bittersweetness of not having been able to attend an in-person ceremony since 2019, like more viscerally than I had before. And the excitement of the night and the fun of seeing people and catching up with them. And then you and I always just have the best time together and come away with so many stories. So hopefully in 2022. Here, here. I mean, either way, tonight is the night to tune into CBS. Um, other presenters include Daisy's Jack Hay Harry, who plays Paulina, Deidre Hall, who plays Marlena, and Robert Scott Wilson, who plays Ben. Uh, from General Hospital, we'll see Cynthia Watros, who plays Nina, Donnell Turner, who plays Curtis, as well as Kelly Tebod, who plays Britt. Uh, from Young and the Restless, real-life duo Brighton James and Brittany Sarkey, who play Devon and Elena, will be there, as well as the Stafford, Michelle, that is, who plays Phyllis. Um, and in addition to Tom, B&B will be represented by Jacqueline McInnes-Wood and Tanner Noblin, who play Finn and Steffi. So soap alum Sean Kanan, who fans know as B&B's Deacon, um, as well as General Hospital's AJ, will present and we will also see all my children alum Kelly Ripa with Ryan Seacrest. 
So bottom line, they're really trying to make it feel as glamorous and star-studded as possible. So yay on Mattis for that. Now, in our new issue on sale today, we have a big preview to a huge B&B moment. Carter and Quinn will be busted at the most inopportune time um, on the day of her recommitment ceremony to Eric. I feel like it was just yesterday that the two of them were kicking off their illicit affair, don't you? <laughs> uh, and Quinn finally gets a packed house for one of her weddings and this <laughs> happens. You know, I'm, I'm very excited to watch. Uh, to me, this is one of those things where the material seems to guarantee that we are going to get delicious performances out of the main players. Uh, Rena Sofer, Lauren St. Victor, John McCook, and of course, Captain Kelly Lang, whose Brooke gets to do the busting. I just feel like B&B fans are in store for a really fun, really juicy week. Uh, so not only do we have all of the details of that in the new issue, but we've got a great interview with Sean Kerrigan, who has just made his triumphant return to YNR as Stitch after a four-year absence. I really loved reading about how excited he is to be back. And I know the news was met with a lot of enthusiasm for fans. Uh, it felt uh, to me, and I think to the actor as well, that there was more story to tell with Stitch. And it's a great time to be telling it with Abby expecting a child by a surrogate and her husband Chance off the canvas. I mean, it feels like a sweeps week because uh, we're going to see Victoria Konefels return as Sierra and GH as Jason and Carly will make a big power move. Uh, and then there's also some days casting news to talk about. Um, Precious Way, who plays Chanel, has left the show of her own accord. I'm told there was a scheduling conflict. And newcomer Raven Bowens will take over the role on July 6th. Cameron Johnson is also heading back to town as Theo. And then in a fun primetime twist, Melrose places Laura Layton, who played Sydney, will be reunited with her old co-star Grant Show, who played Jake, on his new series, Dynasty, where he plays Blake. You know, I love those fun inside baseball casting moments, so I will so be tuning in. Um, and we're also gonna see Kiara Barnes leave B&B as Zoe on July 6th because she will appear in the reboot of Fantasy Island on Fox. Well, we have a wonderful guest with us today who is probably looking forward to the daytime Emmys even more than we are. It's Brianna Nicole Henry, who is a first time nominee as Outstanding Supporting Actress for her work as Jordan on GH. And I am so excited to chat with her about that honor and about her Port Charles experience in general. So let's get her on the line to tell us all about it. Hi, Brianna. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. Well, thanks so much for joining us today. We're so looking forward to talking to you. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Um, well, we are going to start that you were born and raised in Florida. So tell us about your childhood and what kind of kid you were. Oh, man, that's like a deep question almost. Right, off, gonna, the day, right off the bat. Let's hit him heavy. Um, well, I was born in Broward County um, and I lived there until I was about six. And then my mom got remarried. Um, my parents got divorced when I was like five or something like that. My mom got remarried, I think when I was around like, maybe, maybe it was more like seven. Um, and we moved to Miami, which was really big and different. But overall, as a kid, I was super active. I was like a tomboy. My mom always says that she prayed for a girl and she ended up getting a boy anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I just was like such a little, you know, collecting tadpoles from the lake and just all the kinds of dirty things that girls aren't meant to do with me. <laughs> um, but, you know, I had a pretty, you know, my mom and my dad are still best friends and uh, that, that made a very 
a very healthy divorce in comparison to a lot of like my friends experience with divorce and their parents, which was awesome. Um, and yeah, I actually wasn't involved in acting until really like this, the summer going into my senior year, I was an athlete. I played volleyball, uh, pretty much all year round. I played club. I was just constantly working out and playing sports. So what prompted the pivot to the arts? Yeah, it was kind of strange. So I was in this AP English class that I worked my ass to get into. You know, <laughs> I went to I, I went to uh, a public school until I hit middle school, and obviously, I, I don't know, maybe they weren't as as good, but the private school I went to, the kids had just all been together since like pre-K and they were all just so smart, so ahead of where I came in at. And so I was just constantly with tutors and I, I, I now being an adult realize I probably just had a, a different way of learning that a lot of the time I think is overlooked when you're in a school setting. Um, but then I just felt stupid and I was like, I can't keep up with these kids. And so I worked really hard to get into this AP English class and we were doing a poetry competition. Um, and it was just reciting like really famous poets works. And my teacher, Miss Smith, she was just like, I think that you would be really good at this. And I think that you should enter uh, into the competition. And I did. And I think I ended up making it to regionals. Um, it was this competition called Poetry Out Loud. And uh, I did these two poems, one by Maya Angelou and one by Claude McKay. And it was the first time I had ever been on a stage in that capacity. I mean, I guess debatably as an athlete, you're kind of on a stage, but in a different capacity. Um, and I just kind of fell in love. I loved the interaction of, you know, being able to say something and perform something and to see people very obviously being moved by it. Um, and I kind of finished that competition and I told my mom, I was like, I want to do acting in college. And she was like, let's see if you even want to do acting in college. <laughs> <laughs> so her and my dad were like researching programs and my dad found this great program um, at USC. It was a month long theater program and I did it and fell completely in love. It was the summer going into my senior year and I came back, told my volleyball coach and he was like, no, like, you, like I told him I wanted to join theater and he was like, you have to pick volleyball or theater. We had like just gone to, I think States a couple, like maybe it was the year before and he was like really trying to get back there and I was going to be a, a bigger player on the team. And I was like, well, I'm going to choose theater. And I literally just gave up volleyball. I look back and I'm like, I have no idea that I don't know who that brave Brianna is because I feel less brave now, <laughs> but, um, I quit and I, joined the theater and I auditioned for USC's theater program and I got in and I did my BFA at USC. I feel like I have to ask, did you and Eden McCoy talk about volleyball at all? You know what's so funny is I'm actually like so intimidated by Eden with volleyball because she's like the volleyball player I always dreamed of being, I imagine. <laughs> but I did tell her, I was like, we gotta play volleyball sometime. Like <laughs> some kind of like beach volleyball situation, you'll kick my ass, but you know, it'll be cute. <laughs> like Top Gun, but for girls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, you actually made your soap debut when you were still in college with the short-term role of Esmeralda on Young and the Restless in 2014. So first tell us about how you broke into the business while still an undergrad. 
Oh man, that was gnarly. I mean, I just remember, I, it's so sad. I've, I've had this question come up before in my career and I can't remember the actor that came to USC, but you know, USC was great that they had all these alumni come and talk to us um, and kind of talk about, you know, being a working actor and blah, blah, blah. And this gentleman who was a working actor, he, like the bit of information that I'll never forget is he was like, don't wait until you graduate to start auditioning for real because it's going to be really jarring and heartbreaking if you wait that long. And I really just felt re like, you know, at, at USC, it's, it's really strange with the BFA program. You're guaranteed a show per semester. So the auditioning process isn't quite as true to like real life. You just kind of are given these opportunities. We still have to audition, but they know who you're going to play. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of was just auditioning all over for other school productions because I just wanted to get the nose. I wanted to adjust <laughs> myself to it. And, um, and I actually was on a date uh, going to another senior showcase uh, for a friend. And I ran into my manager that I'm not with anymore, but I was with. Um, and he came up to me and he was like, you're, are you an actress? You're captivating. Do you have any shows coming up? And I was like, I'm on a date, but like, yeah, I do have some shows coming up. And I had just booked the lead in one of our, our school shows that I actually had to audition to like for to get. And, um, I didn't think I'd ever see him again. And he came and signed me and that was kind of how I ended up getting to, to YNR and it worked out perfectly because my professors were really intense about us not working while we were in the program. And it just so happened, I think I shot 16 episodes on Young and the Restless. It was only supposed to be like a two episode gig. And uh, I shot, every episode I shot was on a day that I didn't have class my senior year. So it was like awesome. kind of perfect. They wrote me off the show because I had to go do my senior showcase in New York. And they were like, we need you for four episodes. And I was like, I'm going to get my degree. So thank you so much for the opportunity. <laughs> I hope your date was impressed. I hope he was, I mean, maybe he's more impressed now than he was. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Esmeralda was a, a, a friend of Summer's and uh, a short-lived love interest for Devon. But yes. tell us what working with Brighton James was like and just what you remember about the experience of being on YNR 16 times. Wow. I mean, I remember being terrified, first of all. It was so scary. <laughs> um, and I was living in, like, my first, like, adult apartment that well, actually wasn't too far from the studio, so I felt really, like, adult and, like, an official actor. But uh, I remember the day I met Brighton, the first time I met him, we were both in robes because we had this like intense makeout scene that we were going to do in like some sauna or something. And I just remember us being like, hi, I'm Brianna. Hi, I'm Brian. And we just blocked and like, you know, you had to pick me up and everything it was very, very, it was a lot for, <laughs> for our first love interest interaction. But he was so nice. He's so kind. I mean, him and I, every time we see each other, it's just such pleasantries. He was, he was a great first boyfriend to have professionally, I think. Um, and I just remember them moving fast. I mean, I think that I was so overwhelmed by college anyways, that anything else that was overwhelming just kind of felt just as stressful. <laughs> and, you know, I do remember uh, one of the, I, I can't remember exactly who it was. It was like a producer. It was somebody that was on YNR. And I remember them coming up to me one day and they were like, you're kind of too smart for this role, huh? 
And I was like, you're not wrong. I appreciate that. I don't know if I'm a good enough actor then if you still think that I'm too smart for this role. I don't know how to take that comment. <laughs> like, yes, thank you. <laughs> Um, now, at that same time, you also auditioned for GH, and you think it may have been for the role of Jordan, which yeah. went to Vanessa Antoine. So what do you remember about that experience? Oh, man, that was another really terrifying one. I just remember being so scared. It was so many women. Um, I remember Stacey Dash was testing with me, which was kind of ironic because I'm pretty sure she was much older than I was at the time. I mean, still, but like, especially then I think I was maybe like 19 or 20 years old or something like that. Um, and I remember, um, Sean Blakemore, he was the person I tested with and he was so, again, so nice, so kind. He like calmed me down. Um, but I remember it being a gnarly experience because we were all up on the soundstage um, which was actually different than the way that I tested for Jordan this time around. But we were all up on the soundstage and I remember, you know, they have all the like, they have all the TVs on the like roof of all the sound stages, so you can actually see all the performances and stuff. And I just remember thinking, this is really torturous. Like you're gonna have me sit up here and test for the first time and also watch all of these women's auditions. It was it was scary, but yeah, I, I, I'm not surprised I didn't get it then. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember you telling me that uh, you graduated from school feeling very confident about being a working actor, um, especially, I think, probably given the experience on The Young and the Restless. Yeah. And then you graduated and it got pretty quiet and you, yeah. you told me that that hurt. So yeah. tell us what that period was like for you, how you got through it, and um, how you ended up, I guess, pivoting at that point into the world of fitness for a while. Yeah, man, those were like some dark months, honestly. I was kind of in like a really um, problematic relationship that I had kind of started at the end of my college experience. And I was kind of going through that breakup. And um, I, I thought that I was gonna be able to book something right out the gate. I felt so good. And you know, I got an agent at a showcase because I was on Young and the Restless. And, um, it was just so quiet. A lot of people, the note I kind of kept getting was that she feels green. She feels green, which, you know, felt so insulting then. And I think now that I'm not green, I can understand what they meant by that. You know, it's always so ironic in the industry. They're like, she's green. And it's like, but in order for someone not to be green, you have to like give them the opportunity <laughs> to show you that they can give you more than that. But you know, I ended up, I, I was a soul cycle rider, like fanatic. And even in college, I think I started like my sophomore year of college. And um, I was just writing and, and one of these instructors, his name's Marvin, I think he's still at soul cycle. I was in his class and he kind of came up to me and he was like, have you ever thought of being a soul cycle instructor? And I was like, no, I have not thought of being a soul cycle instructor at all. And uh, they kind of like kept bugging me and sending me emails and they really wanted me to try out. And so I kind of agreed to do it. And, you know, I was, I suffer from depression. I was feeling depressed and sad. And it was just like, I needed something to, I don't know, just breathe some kind of inspiration into my life. And so I auditioned and got it. Um, and that's actually where I met Tiffany Daniels, my best friend who played me 
uh, recently on GH. And I remember in that audition, Tiffany was like, you know, Tiffany's been in fitness forever. And I just remember seeing this like beautiful, vibrant, like also biracial woman. And we really hit it off. And she was like, oh my gosh, you're like the big sister I never had. How old are you? And I was like, uh, I think I was probably like 20, like two or something, 23. And she was like, oh, you're definitely my little, little sister. <laughs> and I really, <laughs> she was like, yeah, definitely. I'm much older than you. <laughs> and we were like best friends from that point on. And we ended up both making it through the Soul Cycle training program. And I did that for, uh, I think about two and a half years. And that was when I started booking a bunch of other stuff. Well, while you were at SoulCycle, uh, you had some colleagues that themselves ultimately made their way to daytime. You actually dated one, Mr. Michael Mueller, who plays Kyle on Young and the Restless. And now you work alongside Josh Swickard, who plays Chase at GH. So tell us what those two guys were like back in the day when you first met them. Wow, they were just as gorgeous. I think everybody was just like freaking out about them always. I just remember all the women gawking in the men, all of them just gawking at those two. Um, and you know, they're both such sweet guys. Michael's such, such a, such a nice guy. Um, and Josh too. I mean, they were kind of adorable cause they're just like best friends and they're both so beautiful that you're just like, this is a lot of really sweet, humble beauty. <laughs> in like one space as best friends um, and it was really cool because the day that I went to go test for the recast of Jordan um Josh was there and he was like Brianna I was like Josh and we hadn't really spoken because after Michael and I broke up of course you know you lose the friendship with the other one because they're best friends and Josh and I totally reconnected and like we're such good friends I was just texting him the other day and you get to be his boss, which is just bonus points. I wasn't mad about that. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, it was, it was in September of 2018 that you uh, made your debut on GH's Jordan, assuming the role from Vanessa Antoine. So tell us, other than seeing Josh, what you remember about the audition process that time around and what stands out to you about landing the part. Yeah, I mean, I remember feeling much more confident this time around. I really didn't think I was going to get it. I thought age-wise, which like, you know, for being honest, age-wise, it still doesn't make sense. Like, <laughs> I think Jordan's probably in her 40s and I'm 29 years old. So, you know, Hollywood. Um, but <laughs> that being said, you know, I kind of, so I went into it very, you know, open and, and not feeling so much pressure because I really didn't think I was right for it. I felt like I was just another actor that they threw in the bag because they liked me. And... Um, I, it's funny. I remember seeing Vanessa that day. I remember walking into hair and makeup and she was like sitting in a chair and she just kind of like smiled at me and she was very friendly. And Donnell, Donnell seems to remember that like in the rehearsal of that audition, I kissed him. <laughs> I can't say that I didn't. I don't remember doing that. I mean, I may have been like too nervous and like didn't really know whether we were supposed to like actually do the kiss during rehearsal. So there's a chance that I did. I have no idea. Um, but he recalls that being the case. And, um, you know, Donnell was very welcoming that day too. He was really sweet to all of us. And yeah, I kind of was just like sussing out the, the, the competition and, you know, I don't even really ever think of it as competition. I just think there's like space for all of us. So I was just kind of being friendly and nice to everybody. <laughs> you know, it's like one of us is going to get it and it'll be awesome. Um, and I remember the audition went pretty well, although 
I didn't think it went that well because I left. And I remember walking out with Paulina, who now plays Valerie. Um, and she was like, oh my God, like, I felt like I had such great chemistry. Like it felt like a great audition and I didn't necessarily feel that way. And I was just like, oh, that's so good. Yeah. It was like, awesome. Like, and I remember calling my dad, I went to go pick up food on my way home and I called my dad and he was like, how did it go? I was like, well, I definitely didn't get that one. I was like, so, you know, at least it's experience. I was like, I tested for another thing. Great. And he was like, yeah, well, you know, at least you got another one under your belt. And then, you know, a couple weeks later, I got a call from my agents and, you know, when they all call together, it's usually good news. And they were like, you got it. And I was like, are you sure? <laughs> they were like, yeah, you got it. <laughs> I'm the same age as the actor playing my son. Are you sure? I got it. I, I think the first thing I said to them was like, they know how old I am, right? <laughs> he was like, it's a soap opera, Brianna. They don't care. I was like, okay. <laughs> You're wise beyond your years, that comes through. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I think that and like the slightly deep voice helps me out. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us about the note that Vanessa left for you. Oh, it was so sweet. I remember walking into the dressing room. I think it was, I think it was maybe my first day of shooting that I thought, I actually have it in my journal still. Cause I just thought it was such a, it was such like a note for myself of how to treat someone that's coming into a space. It was just really welcoming. And it, it, all it said was, um, hold it down, sis. And it was like on a little napkin or something. Um, very, very, very sweet. And I, I haven't actually ever seen Vanessa in person since that day. So maybe one day I'll, I'll get to thank her for leaving that. Mm -hmm. I certainly hope so. Um, so you took <laughs> over as, as Jordan during what I think was like a hard time to come in as a recast in terms of her storyline, because it was right on the cusp of the Jordan and Curtis wedding. And that, yeah. you know, certainly I think was envisioned as like a payoff to fans of that couple. But of course, you weren't the Jordan that had played out the courtship leading up to the wedding. Do you remember feeling any pressure, like be it internal or external, to kind of find that connection with Donnell as your leading man, like quickly in an accelerated way, given that? Yeah, I remember, I remember definitely feeling like we needed to have some kind of chemistry um to be honest the fans were pretty brutal to me i feel like until like last year <laughs> i feel like i just won them over like yesterday so you know i think that i learned very quickly that vanessa was loved and you know i i she's a great actress so i totally understood why and i kind of just had to go into it knowing that i wasn't going to bring what she brought and that i was going to bring something different and that that wasn't worse or better it was just different um and you know i think the wedding i could understand from a fan's perspective how that could have felt kind of like you got jibbed you know it's like this big beautiful wedding i think it was what one of the uh like it, it had been a long time since we have had a black wedding on daytime TV too. So it was like kind of this like big monumental thing that was happening for the first time in a long time. Um, but you know, Donnell was always really patient with me, entertained all my annoying questions about like every storyline that him and Vanessa had ever had, and, you know, um, even, even to this day, like, you know, anytime I'm needing to connect with him, um, we, when we were doing the divorce scenes, um, a couple of months ago, 
you know, it's hard. They need you to cry and they're cutting and they're, you know, there's a 10 minute break between, you know, you're trying to like keep tears coming out of your eyes. And we were about to start again and I couldn't cry. And I was like, D, hold my hands. And we just like held hands for a minute. And then I was like back into my tears. So, you know, I feel like that speaks to kind of uh, the bond. I love that. That's awesome. Now, did your yeah. age feel like a hurdle at the beginning? Oh, it still feels like a hurdle. <laughs> I think it still feels like a hurdle sometimes. I mean, less now for sure. Um, you know, I think it's, I'm, I can barely imagine having like a four-year-old right now. So having like a 23-year-old from like, you know, graduating med school or however old <laughs> TJ is, like, I was like, you know, guys, <laughs> never even been pregnant. Like, <laughs> that's, that's quite a leap. Um, but, you know, I think I had to like really work on like the way I would touch Taj because it's like, you can't feel like my lover because you kind of look like you could be my lover. So let's make sure this feels really like maternal and not anything other than that. And so it definitely, with actually with Donnell, it, it didn't uh, affect me really at all. Um, but more so with Taj or with, with the TJ character was where I found when we did like mother son scenes, I really had to kind of drop into just some kind of maternal love and, you know, envision. It doesn't hurt that we kind of look like each other. So I, sometimes I kind of like envisioned him more as a brother, truthfully, probably than like as my son to kind of just drop into something more honest, but yeah, it was, it was hard. <laughs> um, now, I've had the distinct pleasure of interviewing your beautiful mother for a Mother's Day feature that we did in Soap Opera Digest, and I learned that General Hospital was uh, on the menu in the, in the household, and that she is quite yeah. a funny Corinthos fan. So please tell us what it was like to bring your mom to the set and introduce her to Maurice Bernard. Oh, it was so cute. Honestly, I felt so cool that like she was excited about somebody that I could actually introduce her to. Um, and you know, Maurice is such a charmer. He's so sweet. He's so like, he just gave her so much attention and presence. And we were in the hallways of, of GH downstairs where the dressing rooms are. And we kind of chatted with him. I think it was for like something like 10, 10, 15 minutes. Donnell was there too. And, um, she, when we, when we left, she was like, he's so beautiful still. <laughs> I was like, he's a handsome man. He's, like, he's, a handsome, he's as handsome as he is charming. That's for sure. <laughs> and the dimples. I mean, what's a girl to do? That's right. I mean, get out of here. Yeah. His son, Joshua, is like, you know, good, good, good on him to have such a cute dad. Like, he's, he's definitely going to be able to go to him and be like, dad, how to, how, teach me how to get girls you know <laughs> teach me how to be a charmer like you <laughs> um, now in recent months you mentioned we've seen the tearing asunder of the curtis jordan marriage much to the dismay of many fans and to aunt stella of course um do you think jordan is truly prepared to move on from curtis would you like to see her fight more for her marriage oh that's a great question you know it's funny I, I don't think Jordan has moved on from Curtis. I think that she deeply loves him. I think that truthfully as the actor and as Jordan, I feel confused as to how he could have so quickly, especially being in, you know, he's not a, a florist. 
you know, he's a detective. So he also knows a thing or two about secrets and why we keep them. And, you know, uh, even when Vanessa was playing Jordan, I imagine there was a lot of lying going on. And I, I would have expected more of an upset about some kind of marital lie that I told rather than a work-based lie. So, you know, I think as Jordan and as Brianna, I'm disappointed in his quickness to give up on our marriage. And I think if anything, that's making her question everything. Like how could he just jump ship so quickly? Now I have to say, I have seen, um, some confusion among the Twitter viewers of the show about just mm -hmm. how upset Aunt Stella was. What do you think about mm -hmm. her Team Jordan uh, perspective all of a sudden? I kind of love it. I mean, personally, it's so nice to not be on the receiving end of Renee Watson hating me. So <laughs> <laughs> I am here for it. I, the day she saw those scenes, uh, those scenes with Brooke Kerr, I was like, good luck, girlfriend. Like, it's on you now. <laughs> I am the winner in this scenario. Because <laughs> Brene is intense, man. I mean, she's such a great actress, and she is a force to be reckoned with. So I love that Aunt Stella is all about Jordan. And, you know, truthfully, Jordan, we don't know anything about Jordan's family or her parents or any of her background. So I think in a lot of ways, you know, I loved Stella said to me in one of our scenes recently uh, that aired that she kind of sees me as a daughter. And that is really kind of how I feel like the, the Stella Jordan relationship has kind of taken a turn, which has been really neat because it was definitely not that in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, speaking of Brooke Kerr, Portia and Curtis have been growing closer, and so have Jordan and Portia, which I think is interesting. Um, although, unlike Portia and Curtis, Portia and Jordan have not shared a kiss. So tell us about working with Brooke Kerr and give us your take on the Jordan-Portia friendship. Um, one, I love Brooke. She's so sweet. She's so professional. She's so beautiful. She's very talented. Um, I thought she's a lovely addition to to the the GH crew. And I also just love to have another woman of color representing us on the show. I think it's awesome. It feels like less weight on me to, you know, be the only one that's on the show. It's, it's, it, it provides a little more freedom for all of us when there's more of us. Um, but, uh, I think as far as the friendship, you know, it's kind of heartbreaking. Jordan doesn't really have friends, you know, I guess, I guess, um, Anna and, and really, I think Laura, the mayor kind of her friends, um, but other than that, she doesn't really have any friends. So it was really nice to have, you know, Portia and Jordan become these good girlfriends, despite the, this like, you know, uh, relation of, of Curtis. And of course, Curtis is ruining everything now. And I'm, I'm curious how long they'll be able to be friends for, because I know I couldn't be friends with a woman that was with my newly divorced husband. I, I would have to take a second. <laughs> if I ever came yeah. back from the second. <laughs> yes. I think that's quite understandable. So yeah. while Jordan is um, currently unlucky in love, uh, not so much for you. You, uh, on the personal front, uh, I feel like life has only become more magical while Jordan's has been falling apart. In 2020, you tied the knot with your extremely talented husband, Chris Bowers, and uh, you recently celebrated your first anniversary. So if you had to give a letter grade to the first year of your marriage, what, what would it get on the report card? 
I'll explain before I grade. <laughs> I feel like it was a year that Chris and I more than ever felt like such teammates because, you know, we had to cancel this wedding that we had planned for over a year. You know, we had to put together this wedding. There was all of this upset and, and really devastation in the black community and us both being people of color that really impacted both of us. And, um, you know, I, I think, I think we're the worry about our families and it was, it was a really difficult year because it was societally and globally really difficult. But I felt like as far as our union, um, I would have rated it an A. I would rate it a solid, solid A. A plus would have been if I got that honeymoon that last year, but I'm getting it this year, so. <laughs> well, what was it like for you to have to completely upend, you know, the plans you had for the wedding, which still looked beautiful, despite everything? Thank you. It was devastating. Um, you know, I think Chris and I going into the whole wedding process in the first place, we're not really people that love a whole lot of um, attention. And I think we were both a little uncomfortable about the whole like wedding idea in the first place, but we really committed to it. We decided it was gonna kind of be like an artistic curation. We really had our hands like super deep in the planning and whatnot. Um, but I mean, a lot of things put it in perspective, right? One, just the fact that so many people were losing loved ones it was like, this is much worse than anything that we have to deal with canceling our wedding. And a thing that really put it in perspective for me was I remember I was FaceTiming. It was like, it was in April. It was maybe right after we had canceled the wedding officially with our wedding planners. And I was FaceTiming with uh, Lizzie Hendrickson from the uh, hospital because she was about to deliver her baby. And I just remember feeling like so much empathy for her because, you know, it was like, is her husband even going to be able to be in the room? Like, it was just so chaotic for them. And it was their first baby that it really helped me put our wedding in perspective because it was like, I could be giving birth to my firstborn child right now and be in all that vulnerability. So I think as devastating as it was, it was not as devastating as what happened to a lot of people in 2020. And, and we were really aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so as a, as the police commissioner of Port Charles, uh, Jordan has dealings with probably like the widest cross section of characters in town uh, than anyone, both like the heroes and the villains, if you will. So let's talk about a few of the people that she interacts with and that you work with. Um, so like, we'll give you a name and you tell us about working with them or about your relationship with them or both, whatever, whatever comes to mind. Well, but I want to start with her true bona fide friend, Anna, AKA Vanola Hughes. Oh, I love Vanola Hughes as Anna and as Vanola Hughes. Um, I mean, working with her, she just, I was just talking to somebody else about this the other day on set. She just wears her heart and her humanity on her sleeves. It's so easy to do a scene with her. She's always so prepared and present and kind. Um, I love her. Uh, what about Jeannie Francis, who plays Laura, of course. I <laughs> think <laughs> well, you guys are hitting me with the great ones. Um, Jeannie Francis is another one. I mean, again, like I, I can almost say the exact same thing about Jeannie Francis as I could say about Finola Hughes. I mean, she, 
Oh, well, one, I, I, I love just the, Jeannie Francis commands so much presence just as she is. She's just such a seasoned pro. And again, another one that can drop into such a, a state of empathy and just vulnerability that is so admirable. Um, I always love, I always know that I need to show up with my best self when I work with Jeannie Francis. And she's really funny too. I, I think that people don't always know that, but Jeannie Francis is like this sensitive, kind, hilarious, and really confident in her craft woman. I love the like female run town that Port Charles is now between your character, her character, very into it. Um, what about Steve Burton, AKA Jason Morgan? Oh, I love, you know, I actually wish that they would have even gone further with the Jason Morgan and Jordan Ashford uh, relationship. You know, they like flirted with their friendship a couple of times, but you know, Steve and I constantly, they would throw us in scenes and it was like, we didn't even know each other. And we were like, we just had scenes like two months ago where we really had this kind of like opening with each other. Like, why are you guys not? But it just seemed like something that they, for some reason, didn't want to lean into. Um, probably because of, you know, Jordan's position and, and Steve's criminality on the show. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Steve Burton as a, as a human, I mean, he's, He's so lovely. My, my favorite story about Steve is we were on a flight to, I want to say it was like Graceland or something. Um, and we were in first class and my husband came with us and he was in business class because he couldn't get a ticket to sit with us. And um, Steve was sitting next to me and he got up. I didn't even know where he was going. He didn't tell me what he was doing. He got up, went to the back of the plane, told Chris to go take his seat so that he could sit with me. And Steve sat and coached. The, the whole, you know, flight to Graceland. And uh, he's just, that, that's Steve. He's just sweet and, and motivated and super jacked. <laughs> like, <laughs> I've never seen someone that looks more in shape than Steve Burton. I mean, it's like his age or 20-year-old. Like, he just is, he's a really cool guy. Um, I'll say that about his wife. I've never even met her. I'm inspired by her Instagram. So... <laughs> Oh, she's gorgeous too. I mean, it makes sense why they're together. I'm like, this makes sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, what about Dominic Zampronia, who plays Dante? I was just shooting with him today. You know, Dom's a funny one. He's such a like goofball, but he's also very serious. Um, I think he's a great actor. It's funny because he wasn't really on the show very much when I came on. And I just, he was kind of like, I just heard his name in hallways. Like people really loved Dom as an actor. And I think I shot like one little silly offshoot episode with him, you know, maybe at the end of my first year or something like that, second year. And uh, I was really happy to see that he was coming back because he's just a good actor. It's just nice to shoot with good actors. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And nice to have him back on the force, I think. And that the beard yeah. is gone along with it. For a lot of fans. Totally. I didn't mind it, but I know this is very important to a lot of fans. 100 Um, What about Laura Wright, who plays Carly? Oh, Laura Wright. I mean, one, I think Jordan and Carly have this, like, hate-respect relationship. 
I guess I could say, <laughs> you know, I think that, uh, you know, she represents everything that Sunny is, which represents everything that Jordan's not kind of, even though if we look close enough, there's a lot more similarities than we actually think, um, on the surface. But, you know, I think, I think Jordan respects Carly because she's strong. And I think Jordan identifies as strong. And let me tell you, Laura Wright is just as strong in real life as she is as Carly on that show. I mean, she is not a force to be reckoned with. I would not want to uh, get on Laura's uh, bad side. That is a strong woman, but she's also kind. And, you know, one of my favorite things about Laura is she's really willing to help when you're on set. You know, she's just been there for so many years. She just has so much insight. And so when I first got there, there'd be a lot of times where she's like, you know, you see camera three, like you need to stand over here so that you're like, you're in the light and like, you'll get better lighting. If you stand, you know, like just little like technical things. She was kind of willing to, to lend a hand when I got there. And I, I really appreciated that about her a lot. Um, cool. She also just loves her kids so much. And I love, I love a, a good mom. Mm -hmm. Well, as a mother yourself to a 20 something year old, you know, <laughs> obviously, <laughs> obviously I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> um, what about Nancy Gron, who plays Alexis? <laughs> Nancy, she is wild. I, I actually don't know if I've ever met anyone like Nancy. She is such a wild woman. Yeah, man. No I one has. <laughs> right? She's so unapologetic. She's so herself. Like, she makes me laugh so much more when I said because she's just she just has these insane moments, but she's also such a pro. I mean, Nancy will show up on a set and not have really read the scene and she'll look at it once and she can do it and it's great. And it seems like she sat there and, you know, studied it and totally knew what we were doing. And, you know, just, it's, I think it's such a testament to her experience and just her ability as an actress to, to drop into anything, no matter where she is. Mm -hmm. Um, I also like that Nancy's kind of like a rule breaker. And, and the Alexis character, I actually wish we would have spent a little more time with Jordan and Alexis. Jordan doesn't really, to be her, I mean, I guess she's not anything technically to Jordan, but to be TJ's mother-in-law, you would think that there'd maybe be a bit more of a bond between Jordan and Alexis. And in some ways there is, they're always very pleasant with each other, but um, I think they maybe could have forged more of a friendship for those two. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What about uh, Sean Blakemore now that he is your co-star and not just your like screen time uh, partner? He's so sweet, Sean. It's, it's been kind of weird and full circle to like have started this GH journey with him, you know, all those years ago and to actually now be working with him. Um, he actually remembered me from the test audition, which I thought was wild. I didn't think he would. Um, but, you know, he's such a great actor. He's another one like Dom or like, you know, people just spoke of Sean Blakemore in such high regard at GH. And so when he came back, I was really excited. And, you know, if I had to, um, you know, stray from this like comfortable situation with Donnell where we really know each other, it was nice to kind of, you know, be, be in the graces of, of someone that I am at least somewhat familiar with, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and how about Vernay Watson, who you mentioned as Stella? Oh, Vernay, Vernay Watson. I mean, it was like such an honor, I think, to even get a chance to work with her. Like I grew up watching Vernay Watson. Um, you know, when you talk about having a successful acting career and 
being a working actor, that's Bernay Watson. I mean, she's just been doing it. I think she said for 50 plus years um, that she's had her SAG card. And so, you know, she's an amazing actor. She just takes no prisoners, not even half of one. <laughs> and, you know, she, not even half of one. And she just shows up and like, she's always down to rehearse. She's always present. And she really cares. I mean, Vernet really loves GH. She really loves, she brings so much integrity to work every day. And um, not everybody does. So it's something that really stands out when, when you get to work with someone like Vernet Watson. So who in the cast are you tight with? Like who have become your, your good friends among the, uh, the cast there? Hmm. So Taj, actually, my son, I probably text him a couple of times a week. <laughs> We're pretty good friends. Um, Caitlin, who plays Willow. That's my girl. I love her. Sophia, um, who plays Sasha. Um, Cassandra. Terry. Even though I don't think Jordan and Terry have, like, ever spoken. <laughs> Me and her <laughs> pretty good friends on the outside. Um, and, you know, I definitely think that Donnell and I have created um, a friendship. I mean, he's... Uh, a lot of the time we're just laughing on set and always trying to catch, even now that we're not shooting with each other as much as we usually do, you know, we have a, a, a catch up session in the hallways every now and then. Um, but I would say that those are kind of my, my heavy, my heavy hitters that I'm, I'm really close with um, on the show. And I actually am still really good friends with uh, Paulina who plays Valerie. Her and I stay in touch quite often as well too. Yeah. And clearly Lizzie Hendrickson, and I know you're friends with uh, Tamara Braun also. Yeah, Tamara and Lizzie, those are my babes too. I just went on a walk with uh, Tamara the other day to catch up because I hadn't seen her in, in you know over a year because of the pandemic, but her and I were FaceTiming all the time over that last year, like constantly in touch. And, you know, the room I probably hang out the most at GH is probably Caitlin's if I ever do, you know, hang on. I'm, I'm kind of a introvert when I'm in that space. I'm just kind of like cozied in my room reading a book. But the other day I was, I heard Caitlin and I think Sophia talking in the hallway and I heard them go into her room because she's right next to me. And I went and knocked on the door and I was like, I'm so tired of being by myself. Can I just come in here for a little while? <laughs> and we all just like were hanging out, Sophia with her like beautiful, you know, belly. It was cool. That's awesome. Um, now, a lot of Jordan's story over the past year and a half or so has been tied up with her efforts to bring down Cyrus Renault, which we know she was finally able to do in recent weeks. So tell us about your experience mm -hmm. of working with Jeff Kober. Oh, man. I think Jeff is probably one of my favorite people I've gotten to work with since I've been on GH. Um, he, too, is such a great actor. I mean, I'm now realizing how GH just has great actors, because I think I've said that about every single person <laughs> that we've talked about, and I mean it. I mean, Jeff is just, though, you can tell he's a theater actor. He's just, like, you know, so in his voice. He cares so much. Uh, you know, he, he was constantly trying to find the humanity in Cyrus, which it's is always a, a sign of a good actor, because, you know, if you just lean into the villain, that's not really realistic. Um, and truthfully, I think I've done, I feel like I've done some of my best work with Jeff. You know, I, I, I think that I always really wanted to level up to what he was bringing when we were on set and, you know, um, his, the episodes actually just aired so I can talk about it, but when he's holding, uh, 
Portia hostage with Trina. Um, we were, I was on set when he taped all those scenes with Laura in the house and they had that emotional brother sister moment. And, um, I won't use the profundity that I used on, or the, the, uh, not profundity, the, um, explicit language I used when I was on set. But after his scene, I kind of just like started clapping. I was like, you better go get that Emmy nom, Jeff. Cause it was just like, so like when you see good acting like that, it just like, makes me so hyped up. I was just so obnoxious. I was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> but I just like couldn't even help myself. Like Jeannie and Jeff, it was just delicious. So good. It was. It was so good. Well, uh, speaking of the Cyrus storyline, your work in it, I know that it was pretty well represented on your Emmy reel this year, which brings us to the not so tiny matter of your Emmy nomination. So congratulations from both of us. Uh, first of all, and um, tell us the story of how you found out. Oh, you know, I knew that it was being announced on the day that it, it was announced. I just kind of lost sight of it in the last, like the 24 hours leading up. I just wasn't even thinking about it. I submitted, even though I kind of thought it was a long shot. And um, my husband came running into the room before I was like, you know, I think I was still on like my silk, like head wrap, like barely awake, you know, the windows were all closed in our room and he comes running in and he has like tears in his eyes and he's like, you got nominated. He's like jumping on the bed. And I just was so excited. I, I, I was, I was truthfully so humbled and surprised. I wouldn't have thought it was awesome. Well, what, it, what does it mean to you to be on the list? I mean, it's such, it's such an honor. I, I came on the show and I, I kind of said to myself, like, that would be, that would be the most wonderful thing that I could achieve, I think, being on this show. Um, and, and not even the win. I mean, the win would be lovely, you know, of course. But the nomination itself is just, you know, getting recognized by all of these people that don't know me and that thought that, my performance was worthy of being, you know, with Tamara and all these, you know, Marla and just Courtney, all these just amazing women. I, I couldn't even truthfully believe it. And especially being a woman of color, you know, I did a little research and there's just not a whole lot of us that have been, um, well, there's not a whole lot of us that have won for sure, but because there's not a whole lot of us to begin with, there's not a whole lot that have been nominated. And so, you know, it, it, really just the idea that I could be now pulled in with women that um, really paved the way for me to even exist in this capacity in a space like this, I feel um, honored. And like, I couldn't have, I, I, I couldn't have asked for anything more having been on the show. Well, that's very sincere, Brianna, but now I'm going to be sarcastic and ask you because your husband has a daytime Emmy. So there's one in the house. Have you held it? Have you practiced? Have you felt how it might feel to hold it? Can I tell you, I literally practiced with his <laughs> Emmy. And I did my speech in front of him multiple times because I just needed to like get an idea of what it felt like. And, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty cool. I would not be mad if I had one in our house. And, you know, I think that I think that he was so excited too, because, you know, as you know, Chris is just, his career has just like exploded with beauty and opportunity and acknowledgement. And I think that 
but he's actually relieved that a little bit of uh, shine is being taken off of him and thrown onto me uh, when it comes to this nomination. So, you know, it would be very cute for our two Emmys to be sitting next to each other if I won. <laughs> Bookends, married, it's all happening, you know? Right? He's a good I know, my mom always gets mad. His Emmy is like on our bookcase and in, in our piano room. And, you know, I do my self tapes in there. And so, you know, no disrespect to the, tel to the television academy, but I like had a hair tie on like one of the wings. Like it must've been one that like I just threw off like during an audition. And my mom point. came over and she was like, is that a hair tie on Chris's <laughs> Emmy? And I was like, yeah, whoops. <laughs> must've forgot to take that off of that. <laughs> So, you know, I'll treat mine with more respect. <laughs> this, is, this is another question I have. So, um, Chris kind of keeps getting nominated for these huge awards. And so you've been yeah. to a lot of huge, crazy award ceremonies. What has been like the most yeah. wild or fun, like memory that you have from being at the Golden Globes or the Oscars or this, you know, SAG Awards? I mean, where you've been to a lot of, a lot of big deal things. Yeah. Honestly, it's terrifying. You know, it's very difficult to prepare for something like that when nobody cares to address you or even cares that you are going to be there. So, you know, I think hats off to like all the women that are getting ready for those events because it's not easy. Um, but more than anything, it's just like, you know, it's really strange, but because this last year's Oscars or yeah, this past Oscars was a lot more intimate and um, not as traditionally terrifying and big <laughs> as it typically is. It actually felt much more humble. The event that really stood out to me was um, the Oscars, the year that Green Book got, uh, won the Oscar for Best Picture. Um, we went to the Vanity Fair party afterwards. And I mean, one just like, glamorous I mean and you know it's funny the hierarchy of like importance and fame just never ends it doesn't matter how accomplished like nobody wanted us to take pictures like you know you walk like that beautiful vanity fair carpet where like all the celebrities take pictures you actually have to be asked to take pictures there and I don't think anyone knows that so they were like no no <laughs> next and so we literally just like you know walked on into the vanity fair party and I mean I just everybody that I've ever watched or like seen or like you know models that I've looked up to when I was little or just walking past there were so many times that somebody would walk past me and I was just like <laughs> like that's Viola oh the critics choice awards I sat at a table. I wasn't even sitting with Chris, but I was at Viola Davis's table. And so I spent the whole evening with, like with her and her husband. And I was just like, you will never remember my name, but this is like the biggest honor. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of like little moments like that. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Well, what are your big plans for Emmy night? I think my mom and some of my girlfriends are going to come over. Chris is unfortunately going to be out of town because he's working on a project right now that he has to take a road trip for. But um, yeah, some of my best friends and my mom are just going to come over and um, we're going to figure out how to watch it. <laughs> Somehow, some way, this September is going to mark your third anniversary uh, on General Hospital. I feel like I was just interviewing you for the first time three years ago. Crazy. How would you sum up your experience on the show 
thus far from intimidated first day to Emmy nominee and everything in between? Oh man, it's been such a journey. You know, I feel like a better actor today than I did when I started. You know, I'll never forget my first day shooting. I had to like sit in a chair, like a simple human thing that everyone does every day. And I just remember sitting down and Frank Valentini, our executive producer was like, can you be more graceful when you, when you do that? Can you not like clank down? Can you look a little, I was like, oh, sorry. I was like, that's right. I'm on TV. And like, I need to like, you know, not be an idiot like Brianna usually is. And, you know, to now being so comfortable with dialogue and, you know, kind of knowing what to do with my hands now. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that just follows you forever as an actor. But, you know, I think that on a more serious note, my memorization skills are just, you know, I feel like sometimes my mom will just mess with me and she'd be like, remember this number. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> and you know, my memory is pretty great now. Like I can kind of memorize anything. Like, um, you know, I just, I'm, I'm just so grateful, I think, to have worked with the people that I've worked with and even the directors. And um, I, I no longer feel green. And that is something I feel incredibly grateful for. That's amazing. And uh, this was so much fun to talk to you. We wish you best of luck at the daytime Emmys. We will be watching. And thank you so much for all your time today and sharing your stories. Thank you so much, ladies. I appreciate it. This was so much fun. Have a great night. And we will talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you to Brianna Nicole Henry for being our guest. If you like this podcast, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Be sure to pick up a new issue on sale now and come back next week for another podcast.